Now there are close to around a thousand different names and titles that are used for God in the King James Version of the Bible. For example, there's El Shaddai, which is God Almighty. There's Jehovah, which is the Latin Greek version for Yahweh, which both mean Lord. There's Elohim, which is God the Creator. There's Adonai, which is Lord Master. Now, throughout the Bible, many different people, prophets, and kings have tried to describe uh, God, the Heavenly Father of the Holy Trinity and His appearance. Um, but the Bible says in multiple instances that no one can truly fathom Him, that no one or thing can be compared to Him because He has no equal. He is unlimited. He is also described as consuming fire, both Deuteronomy 4.24 and Hebrews 12.29. Now, I have learned, just as there are hundreds of different titles and names for the Lord God, He has also appeared in many, many different various forms throughout the Bible. We have seen Him uh, in the form through His Son Jesus, where Jesus said, If you have seen Me, you have seen the Father. We have seen Him in the form of an angel. He has uh, also an eternal Holy Spirit that has had its own form. So, the Lord God can appear. Uh, however way that he chooses, and to whomever he chooses. Just as Hebrews 13.2 tells us that you can be a barista in a coffee shop, uh, being the very one serving him coffee and not even be aware of it. You could uh, sit down for lunch uh, at a table right next to him and have no idea. And you could uh, have a dream interaction with him, waking up completely unaware that it was even him, even the apostles, right after the resurrection of Jesus, had an interaction with him, completely unaware that it was even him in the first place. So I could tell you that there have been many times where I have witnessed uh, with my own eyes and ears, people having conversations with the Heavenly uh, Father, the Lord God, but they were completely unaware of who they were talking to. I've seen even pastors who have uh, treated him the very worst possible way, not even knowing who it was. And I've even seen the most kindest acts towards him from complete strangers, unexpected people that are considered outcasts in our society. Now, I can what I can tell you and guarantee you is that almost every uh, single person on this planet at some point in time in their life have officially met and talked to the Lord God, whether they believe in Him or not. He actually spends most of His time right here with us in what we would consider uh, small talk or simple, meaningless gestures, but to Him they are everything. Now, one day I actually asked the Lord God how His day went, and He said that He was excited. And He said uh, that it went great all day long because people were handing Him things. And I asked him uh, what he meant. And he said, well, when, uh, when he got his coffee that morning, he said a woman had handed him the coffee instead of placing it on the counter for him to pick up. And then another person had handed him his change instead of uh, placing it on the counter. Now, I actually kind of laughed when he told me this, uh, but uh, I realized that he really took great joy in these simple yet profound things, which brought him joy that we completely overlooked. So, he can appear in any form and in any manner to anyone, in which I say that because uh, he is uh, an unlimited God. So, to say that what I saw, uh, what my interaction uh, was, is the only true correct form of God would be completely inaccurate. But I think in, uh, in the way that he actually appears to people, 
is the most significant. Uh, so what I want to share is my encounter and how he chose to appear to me the very first time in what I experienced. And this is what happened. So several years ago, uh, I actually did not record the dates uh, or the day of this vision because I didn't even think it was relevant or even significant at that time. I had no idea the significance of this very vision, so I didn't even uh, record it. And it wasn't revealed to me uh, until several months afterwards. Now, as I said before, you can have a complete interaction with the Lord or the Heavenly Father, even in dreams. And things can appear to be completely uh, normal. And you would not be even aware of what had happened unless it was revealed to you by either the Holy Spirit or the Father himself. Because the Bible actually tells us that uh, a revelation of truth actually comes from the Heavenly Father directly from himself. Now, this particular vision started, uh, like I said, as a normal, typical date. There was nothing unusual about it. In fact, there was nothing really unusual about this vision except for what happened to me, and uh, which I'll explain in just a moment. In some aspects, I had complete full consciousness, and I was completely aware of myself and my surroundings. But in other aspects, uh, not all of the details were completely uh, revealed to me. Now, like I said, at that time, I had no idea that this was a vision, that I was even in heaven, uh, because almost everything appeared normal as it is down here. Now, I had received an invitation by mail to attend a uh, get-together. Now, it wasn't any specific uh, special occasion other than some just uh, a get-together that you would have with friends and family members. Now, uh, I, I didn't see an address, and I didn't know the name of the invitation, who had sent me the invitation, uh, other than knowing that it was an invitation for this get-together and that it was someone that I had personally known or felt that uh, someone, uh, a very close friend of mine. Now, usually, if this was on Earth, you would have an address, you'd have a name, uh, you would use your car to drive to, to a house. Uh, but over the last several years of these types of visions, I've learned that in heaven, all you have to do is think about the place that you're going or the person that you're going to visit, and then you'll instantly uh, appear in that place. It works uh, like a muscle. Uh, if you want to just raise your hand or say something, uh, all you have to do is just kind of think about it, and, and it happens. That's how it is in heaven. So uh, now there are also there are cars, there are trains, boats, there are even submarines uh, in heaven, but uh, they're not used for transportation. They're just used for pure, uh, just for enjoyment. Now, uh, once I had arrived, I didn't notice the, uh, I don't remember the house's outward appearance. I don't think that that was significant to me. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't even remember going through the door. I only remember just appearing inside of the house. Now, the first thing that happened once I was uh, there at the door, I was greeted by a guest or a, a host of the party. And uh, this wasn't the owner of the house. This was just a, a host or a guest. And so they began to give me a tour of the home. Now, this house was absolutely huge. Uh, there were a lot of rooms, a lot of hallways. There were a lot of stairs. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason, despite the size of the house, the house did not resemble a mansion or a palace. I just didn't think of it that way. In fact, it felt like 
uh, my grandparents' house uh, in, in a form. It just felt very comfortable. It also resembled it resembled an average home. There were uh, places with just carpet. There were places with uh, wood floors. It had a book library, had a den, a typical kitchen, uh, a fireplace, just regular bathrooms. Uh, there were also children uh, running around playing throughout the home. It, everything about it seemed pretty normal. And even the people that were there, uh, they weren't uh, they weren't dressed up in anything formal. They weren't wearing like the shining bright white robes or anything like that. They were just wearing regular everyday clothes, jeans, uh, flannel shirts, uh, that sort of a thing. Now, when we made it down the hallway, uh, I had actually looked down, and for some weird reason, I had noticed that my shoes were completely gone. And uh, I was walking around uh, the house barefoot, which uh, embarrassed me. I was kind of embarrassed I didn't have my shoes on. So um, I didn't remember anybody asking me to take my shoes off or that, you know, because like some people, when you visit their homes, uh, they have carpet or special floors. And they want you to take their shoes off. Uh, this hadn't happened. I didn't have any memory of it, of that being a thing. So I was kind of uh, embarrassed that I didn't have my shoes. And I didn't notice if anyone else had their shoes on. I just noticed that I didn't have mine. So I asked the host if we can return to the front of the house for me to get my shoes. So we uh, go to the front of the house. Um, as I had anticipated, my shoes were right there near the front door. So I put them back on and we continued the tour. Now, we didn't get really far. We didn't get very far at all until I looked down and noticed that my shoes were off and missing again. So I returned to the front of the house thinking that uh, my shoes were there. But uh, somehow, uh, this time, my shoes were not there. They were gone, and I couldn't find them. And uh, at this point, I started having a little bit of anxiety, and I thought I had misplaced or lost my shoes. I was thinking about when um, it was time for me to leave, how could I leave if I didn't have my shoes? So I asked the host if they can help me to uh, locate where my shoes were. So after searching for a little bit, we could not find them. And then uh, I started to get a little bit angered, um, and really it was anxiety. And I asked if anyone at, at the home ha could help me find my shoes or if they know where they would be. So the host says, well, let me get the master of the house. Uh, he will know where they are and what to do. And so I thought that that was kind of strange that he used the term uh, master of the house because uh, I guess it depends on where which part of the world that you live in. But uh, here in America, we usually say, um, you know, just call it the owner of the home. And usually we know this person, so we just call them by their name. So then after a few moments, uh, a man uh, comes to me, appears before me, and he says, well, I am the master of the home. How can I help you? And at this very moment, I had no idea that I was in heaven. I had no idea that I was actually speaking to the Heavenly Father. And it wasn't uh, until uh, months later that I was given the revelation of what occurred and the significance of it. Now, he stood uh, at least six feet tall. He had very thick white hair. Uh, it wasn't long uh, and it wasn't short or wavy. It was just thick. And he had a white beard. Uh, he was wearing a checkered pinstripe uh, shirt that was tucked into his blue jeans with a belt. And he kind of reminded me of how my grandfather dressed. Um, he also reminded me of James Hampton from the uh, 80s. Like, uh, I think of him in the uh, movie of Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. He kind of 
uh, looked like a handyman who could work in a wood shop or run a hardware store, but he was extremely very approachable. And so uh, I told him that I kept misplacing my shoes and that I couldn't find them. And so he hugged me and he said that he was sorry. And then I woke up. That, that was it. Now to you guys, this vision may seem extremely insignificant and it probably wouldn't mean much to you. But let me explain the significance behind this encounter. Because it's much more uh, than what you may think. Now, you guys do not know uh, that I actually had this thing when I was a little kid uh, about my shoes. For some kids, it was a blanket thing. Some kids, maybe a doll or an action figure. But for me, it was my shoes. They were like my security blanket uh, kind of thing. My parents uh, had me, my parents conceived me in their senior year in high school. My father had just turned 18, literally five days before I was born. My mother had just turned 18 about two months before I was born. And to make matters worse, my birth was very traumatic. My mother had a miscarriage, and I was actually born two months earlier than my due date. I had only weighed about three pounds, and I miraculously survived. Now, there were so many other things that my parents could have done. For example, my dad had actually had just helped my aunt uh, get an abortion before my parents were even pregnant with me. So it's miraculous that I even survived and that they chose to keep me. Now, they had to keep me in an incubator for about three months until I was able to come home. But uh, there was nothing about my birth that my parents were actually prepared for. They weren't even married when I was conceived, and my parents were... Uh, teen parents so my dad had joined the army and was deployed for most of my toddler years so i never saw him my uh mom had a lot of mental health issues at that time that were going on and although my mother has completely repented for everything that had occurred uh in my childhood but at that time she had actually uh, abandoned my sister and i and there are horrible stories uh, that family members have told us over the years about things that had happened to my sister and I when we were babies and when we were children. So from a very young age, I was afraid of being left alone. I was afraid of being abandoned. I would have constant nightmares of not being able to find either of my parents. Uh, I felt extremely insecure. So my shoes, my shoes were uh, literally uh, uh, the comfort thing that helped me to feel secure at that age. And my my aunt, my grandmother can tell you stories how I would throw these horrific fits anytime someone tried to take my shoes off. Now, even to this day, at some, uh, some level, some small form, I'm still kind of subconscious about my shoes. But it's nowhere near like what it was when I was a kid. So in heaven, with my shoes being removed, I had been exposed to all these feelings of abandonment, rejection, fear, failure. All the things where my parents had failed. But it was as if in that very moment, the Heavenly Father was there to tell me that he would never fail me, that he would never leave me, that I no longer had to be afraid, and that he is my Heavenly Father. And I just wept when I realized the message, the significance of that vision, and what had occurred. And so what I want to encourage you guys with this message is more than just about an encounter, uh, a divine interaction, whatever you may call it. 
But more importantly, the message of hope that God is real, that he is a, a living God, and he truly care. He is the living God, and he truly cares for every one of us. And he is absolutely approachable through his son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. So whatever you have gone through, whatever it is that you have faced, whatever failures, whatever rejections or abandonments, uh, whatever that case may be, every single need is met in the Lord God. And what, whatever that we, we might, that we thought that we might need in, the, in any case, like in my case, it might have been my shoes, a cover-up for my insecurities, uh, they were removed to show me just how much I needed the Lord. So whatever it is in your life, some things might be intentionally be removed, and it might be painful. It might be exposing, just as my shoes were. But these things are to show you our very real need uh, of the Lord God and that He is more than enough for everything. Some things are a hindrance and are just in the way. But whatever it is, I pray that you would trust the Lord God, that you would lean upon him who is truly the good father.